Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, good evening, and welcome back to another episode of the flagship show here at Five Yard Rush. Super Wild Card Weekend is in the bag, and in true American fashion, they probably oversold it by adding the super in front of it. I'm joined as ever by Murph. How are you, Murph? Are you well? Uh, mate, it's been a it's been a week already, and uh, it's Monday, right? So, yeah, lot lots going on. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, you'll know that I um, my son got diagnosed with COVID, and then I've been diagnosed with COVID. My wife has got it, so we're a household full of COVID. I feel all right, um, as you can probably see. I'm not feeling too bad, but I only tested positive today, so uh, we'll see what happens in the next uh, in the next few days. Uh, hopefully, I can remain to be well, but I just hope uh, my family are well. Um, and then, yeah, I've been dealing with a few other bits and pieces, <laughs> gas leak downstairs. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, obviously some news. Pause, 
Well, that's it. But there, there's been some positives as well. It's just been a bit of a roller coaster. If you again, if you follow me on Twitter, if you're new to the show because you've seen what's uh, I've put on Twitter this weekend, then welcome. Thanks for joining. Um, but yeah, it's uh, exciting times for me personally to be joining the staff at Fantasy Pros. Uh, first article went out. I think yesterday. I didn't see it till today. I didn't know when yeah, it you're was rookie going one out. Yet. I haven't read it yet. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right, mate. It's uh, <laughs> you know, thanks for supporting me. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I know you get to it. It's it's <laughs> a long one. They they got they got they got value for their money with uh, with the articles. Let's say that it's a, it's a first of a free part, I believe, on rookies, right? That's right. So done. Good. Rookie 20, 2021 uh, rookie running max. Uh, wide receivers would be next, and then I'll finish the piece with doing quarterbacks and tight ends in in one piece because, well, tight ends just don't deserve their own piece. <laughs> Other than Freeman and maybe Brevin Jordan, there's not a lot there to comment about, right? Uh, Adam Troutman and Pat Freeman, yeah. but I think uh, after those three, I'm probably struggling. Um, <laughs> I'm not writing about Kenny Yaboa. I know Foley will ask me to, and I'm not going to do it. So. Um, yeah, obviously humble to to join the team there. They've been producing great yes. content. We've had a lot of their writers and a lot of their podcast hosts on the show um, over the years. We'll be having we have Joe on last week. Yeah, we'll have Pat on Pat Fitzmorris, who I guess technically is my boss now, which is weird because he's a good <laughs> friend. Uh, in a couple of weeks' time, uh, he was supposed to do tonight, but he um, he's got his son's basketball game. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day over there. It's a big national holiday, so um, made sense. So, um, yeah, excited to get started. I'll be writing some content and then nothing changes. I'm still going to be podding here on Five Yard, and I'll still be putting po- uh, content out on the sub uh, the sub stack. So just uh, do get to that. We'll put the book out as normal. Um, yep. So it's just. Yeah, it's getting to the end of the football season now. We only have uh, seven, eight games left. Eight games left of the season, if you include tonight. You're counting the Pro Bowl. Oh, tonight, it's okay. Okay, yeah. You don't count the Pro Bowl. That's not a game. <laughs> it's not a game. <clears throat> Listen, a, a game is something that is competitive, right? Even friendly yeah, serve more of a purpose yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, than the Pro Bowl. You know, you're not even allowed to tackle in the Pro Bowl, I don't think. Just quickly before we go to them, they do obviously the skills challenge at the Pro Bowl in the week leading up to it. Would you rather see much more of that? Yeah. yeah. I would. I would. I, I, I honestly think the Pro Bowl should be a, a week-long thing, right? Yeah. And they should do more of those skill games, skill challenges. Yeah. Um, and then I think they just do like um, almost like I'd, I'd almost rather watch flag football. Yeah. I know it sounds stupid, but like, I don't want them getting hurt or whatever. But I think I'd rather see him do like a little mini scrimmage or something. But then I'd rather see him do the skills challenges. Maybe do something really <coughs> cool. Um, take the skills challenges to the next level. Uh, maybe well, the skills can... challenges. They have the oh, what's the big one? The dodgeball they played, and they was quite competitive. Yeah, that's more yeah. competitive than the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could you could make him do like a Ninja Warrior really, or something. Yeah, or or like Ninja Warrior or Wipeout yeah. or something like that. Those sorts of things I'd be well into far more than uh, than just watching a. a if I don't, I can't even tell you the last time I watched a Pro Bowl game. But they could do that, like, right? They could use skills challenges, <clears throat> get I don't know twenty challenges, certain people compete in different ones, add earn points for it, and compete that way over the course of three four days. Yeah, um, yeah. Can't or they take or <laughs> or they take on a team from like college. Okay. Do you not think that'd still be as? Maybe it'd be better. Safe. I mean, yeah, 
College kids got nothing to lose. Those pros have at that stage, I guess. So. I'd say the other way around. I'd say the well, yeah, I guess college kids sit down. College kids sit down bowls as well, wouldn't they? So yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We'll work out the idea. All the time, they tickets to it in Vegas. They'll keep doing it. That's for sure. Exactly that. So, anyways, it's, it's all good. Jack's joined in. Hi, Jack. Uh, <laughs> Evening, Jack. Go Bucks. I know he was uh, particularly delighted with the result as a non-Bucks fan. Um, on. There's a picture of Jack in a shirt somewhere. I swear I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, there is. <laughs> um, but yeah, hope, hope you're well, mate. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, not so super wildcard weekend uh, occurred. Yes. <clears throat> not a lot a bit of, of a Bit of a washout, really, in terms of the super. Uh, I, think, I think, again, <clears throat> we've talked about this, about the seventh seed and you know, I, I get it. Like, I get the reason why there's got to be entrance, but these seventh seeds have been terrible. Like, the Steelers, uh, I mean, they didn't make a game, but, the, the, you know, the scoreline in the Bucks game, and we'll get to it, looks a lot closer than the actual game was. I think, you know, there, there'll be repercussions of that game for sure. And I think it's we're at the stage now where it's great that there's more playoff games. I think people are quite happy with the fact there's more playoff games. I think you've got to find a way to I don't know either increase the level of the teams because again we had this with Chicago last year they were 8-8 eight eight. they got blown out they scored a touchdown on the last play of the game they were getting shut out by the Saints like it, it, it's no good having a team turn up into the playoffs and go great you've made the playoffs I mean they made it in the Bears last year 8-8 eight and eight, and were horrific the Eagles would have made it in at eight and eight, but they won the last week of the season. They get in at nine and eight. Um, again, they were pretty poor. So the the NHL needs to have, or the NFL needs to have a think about what they're going to do because it's good. There's more playoff games, but there's not. I don't think enough caliber football teams um, to do that. And I think in the AFC, weirdly, I think there would have been. If you got the Ravens in there, or if you got uh, the Chargers, nearly squeaked in. I mean, yeah, the, the, and the Colts. I mean, it, it's just unfortunate the Steelers kind of snuck in. I think the depth was there in the AFC, funny enough, and then it just miraculously all went went to crap. Uh, in the NFC, there just isn't. There isn't. There's five good teams in the NFC. We said this in the in the build up. Um, six good teams because you have to count the 49ers in there. There's six six good teams in the in the NFC. And there's ten poor ones, and that's that's the the bottom line. There, there's such a gulf between those six and the, the remaining ten teams. Uh, some of those teams, I think, can make improvements quite quickly. I think the Eagles can improve quickly. I think the Saints can improve quickly. I think the Panthers can improve quickly. Uh, I think the Seahawks can improve quickly. I think there's, there's foundations, but just this year was a particularly <coughs> bad year for seventh seeds and. Yeah, but next week will be good. But I guess we'll get into into the games. What yeah, let's come back to next week. Let's start. Yeah. We'll run through it in order, the, the way they played out then, shall we? So yeah. Raiders, Bengals. Raiders got in, last-minute field goal over time. Took them away from having to go to Arrowhead. Uh, and they went to Cincinnati instead. Um, they were favoured by many. Myself, I, I predicted the Raiders would actually come out of that with a win. I think that they stay in games enough to be competitive and they don't often get blown out. Um, and I thought they might just have sneaked it. And they, they had a chance to. Did you see much of it? Yeah, yeah, I watched, I watched the game. Um, I, I, first of all, you know, there's some Bengal fans listening to this, and congratulations. Um, you know, I got a text from 
um, from one of our patrons who sent me a text because they'd not been able to text a playoff win since 1991 or ever because the text message wasn't invented until 1993. Um, and I think, you know, it's, it's a terrific story, the Bengals. You know, I, I, I'm not going to move away from it. I, I nailed my colours to the mast and wanted the Raiders to win it. I just think what they've overcome this season. And I think they were very close to doing it. I think the Bengals should have put the game to bed a lot sooner. I think um, this is, this is for me, is, is where I think the Bengals are a sort of year early. Zach Johnson is just sometimes there with the play calling and, and game management and running out the clock. I just don't think he did as good a job as he could have done. Um, and, and look, it's a difficult gig. Um, and when you're in it for the first time, you're going to make mistakes. I think that's pretty evident. But it didn't cost him, so he'll move on to next week. And He'll learn a lot from it, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a fascinating game now. I think you've got a really fascinating game next week with them and, and the Titans. And I think I don't think anyone can ever quibble that the Bengals didn't deserve to win that game. They were the better team over 60 minutes. But and I will say this, if Derek Carr... If that Bengals D doesn't stand up and make that interception at the end of the game, that's complete and they run it in. I think they win the game in overtime. I really do. I just think the momentum, everything was shifting. Everything was going the Raiders' way as as they kind of do. They never quit. They never go away. It's everything I love about this team. And they were a couple of plays away from, from making it happen. And I think Raiders fans shouldn't be despondent. I think they should be very proud of the the effort that they've put together. And I think they're a really good football team with so many things to build on. I hope they give, um, hope they give them the job, Rich, because I think he's done. Pressure, it. Yeah. yeah, I think he's done an incredible job. I hope he gets the job. Um, I wouldn't Me want too. to see anybody else come in. I think they've done a terrific job. A, a good, you know, they're starting to get their uh, things in place and. There's something special. I hope they they give a, a decent contract to Derek Carr. Um, he's probably for me the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. I know people don't love him. He's not a great fantasy aspect, but he has high completion rates. You know, it's amazing. People love Drew Brees, and people hate Derek Carr. And yet, for me, they're very similar players, which is I think is bizarre because high completion rate um, isn't going to give you too much for your legs. Um, it's all about quick decision thinking. The only difference is Breeze was obviously a much more talented. And I'm not saying that that Derek Carr is in the elk of one of the best players to ever do it. But they're very similar natured players. You know, the way that they construct their offenses, the way that they are almost surgical in their approaches. Um, just Breeze was slightly better in his prime with the deep ball. But I think Carr's been terrific with the deep ball this year. I think he's very underrated. You look at that core who he's passing to. He's passing to, you know, Renfro is what a fifth round pick in the NFL draft. Um, all right, he's got no Henry Ruggs now. Um, he's friends Brian Edwards, who was who played quarterback in college. Um, That's about I mean, it. You know, and Darren Waller, who you know many teams were done with in the NFL. So you look at what he's throwing to, and you think, okay, he's he's done an exceptional job this year. So. Credit to them, but credit to the Bengals. I think they're showing that they are going to be a great team for the next few years to come. And I really think that the Bengals now, I think they have a great chance. I think they really have a great chance next week. And I think if they win that, they're, they're a team to watch now. I really think the the only thing they've got to do now is continue that high-power offense, continue to throw the deep ball, continue to play fearless football, 
but just they've got to stop those little coaching game management mistakes because there are some things in there. And I suppose the other thing we should mention is there's obviously a very questionable call in this game with Joe Burrow makes an, an incredible play. And this is nothing on, on Joe Burrow or the Bengals. Um, just before he goes out of bounds, he throws the ball to Tyler Boyd, hits Tyler Boyd deep in the end zone. As the ball is in the air, the whistle blows. And the officiating crew don't do anything about it. And now, under the rules of the game, there was no flag. There shouldn't have been a flag. It was an errant whistle that shouldn't have blown. But it did blow. And yeah, if that's the official that's blown it. And they, and, they, and they did. Then at the end of yeah. the day, they, they had to rerun the play. Yeah, And I mean, and the ball was mere feet from Boyd. I don't think it actually affected the play. It, but it, that's not it, the point. But that's not the point. And I understand. But, I could, See, the thing is, if, if you're a Bengals fan and that had played out that way, you would be furious. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and 100%, if that touchdown was taken off the board, yeah. you'd be furious. But the same way the Raiders fans are furious because by the rules of the game, that, that touchdown should not have stood. Yeah. And that's just because the officiating crew made a mistake. And they did make a mistake and tried to keep it quiet at the time. And and the, to cover, the cover-up was horrific. Um, yeah. The cover-up from the NFL was just as bad. Um, there needs to be some accountability just standing the crew down, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying you should sack these people and they should never coach and they should never ref in the NFL again. I'm not going that far. People make mistakes, but you got to own the mistake. You got to say, "Look, we made this mistake." When you stand down the rest of the playoffs, that's happened. Fine, not a problem. And then I think what you do is you use this as an example to make sure that it doesn't happen again. You know, it's that, that classical black box thinking. This has happened. We're not going to blame anybody. We're going to make sure that corrections are made so that doesn't happen again. Retrain officials, whatever. But we're going to make sure processes are in place that this doesn't happen again. And that's what you got to do. They were talking at the time about how, because they mixed, didn't they, the, the officiating crews from regular season into the playoffs. And they, the, the, the main ref takes a couple of guys and they mix them up. And what I've seen is there was a bit of almost blame on that but the bottom line is that didn't matter. A whistle blew, and somebody amongst that six knows that rule. They yeah. know that once that whistle's gone, that cannot continue. And if no one does, then it's just like, that's a big training issue to be addressed. But somebody there must have known. There's three people, cul- well, there's more than three people culpable. First of all, there's the person who blew the whistle. Then it's the yeah. anybody that's heard the whistle, but then the head referee. Yeah. But then New York, New York. heard that. Yeah. But New York yeah. heard it. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, but listen... I can understand Raiders fans being really upset about it, and, I, and I'm with them. I don't think it changed the outcome of the game. I think the the game played out the way that the game would have played out. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things um, they got to get right. But that was a big controversy of the weekend, so we had to talk about it. But, um, you know, credit credit the Bengals. I think they're a real threat now the rest of the way, but they've got, to, they've got some things they've got to work on. But, you know, I'm... I'll be excited to see them in an AFC Championship game. That's for certain. If they get further than that, I'll be excited to see them in the Super Bowl as well. Fine. So the next game was division rivals. Patriots and Bills shared one each in each other's back gardens during the year. And, uh, well, the Bills schooled the Patriots, for want of a better phrase on the night. I don't think you're ever going to see a better game by a quarterback in the history of the NFL. That's that's a massive statement. But, But Josh Allen... In that game, in those conditions, and they're playing in what minus ten, minus twelve conditions, maybe minus fifteen. I don't know what it was, but it was it was cold. 
um, to turn in that performance against a good Belichick team. I mean, his his drives were touchdown, 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 Every touchdown, one end of game. Everyone apart from the kneel down, yep. Yeah. It is a, it's I mean, a flawless performance, literally. He had more touchdowns than incompletions. I mean, when you're talking about the level of play, just everything. And, and listen, if, if if you up until yes or up until Saturday doubted that Josh Allen was a good quarterback, you, you have no legs. There's nothing to stand on now. When you watch that performance, he he is at the that elite level of quarterback now. That there isn't. You know, he, he is right up there in the top three or four players in the league. You know, they're Fantasy up, they're show, up. then. Right. Fantasy show. Redraft next year. Does Josh Allen become your 101 of quarterbacks? He should be. It's, if you, 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 you. I think it was Mahomes, and then you had the Kyler Lamar, Josh Allen bracket. But does Josh Allen put himself atop that pile now? I think Josh Allen, I don't know why you would take Patrick Mahomes over, over Josh Allen. Because Josh Allen gives you the, the rushing numbers. He gives you the rushing touchdowns that Mahomes doesn't give you. Um, you know the the reason that you take Mahomes over anyone is the same reason you take Kelsey over any other tight end, right? It's the security of the position. You know that Mahomes is going to deliver you top five fantasy QB numbers, barring injury. You know you can lock it. He might not be the one hundred and one. You might not be the best quarterback. You might not be number one on on numbers, but you're taking him because you know he is top five. The same with Kelsey. You know Kelsey's probably going to be number one, but if he's not, he's going to be top two. You you just know it. That's why you, you the value is so high. I'm now certain that Josh Allen is in that same bracket. I can understand the logic of potentially taking Mahomes over Allen just for that reason of you can put Mahomes for 46, 47 hundred yards, 40 touchdowns, plus however many on the ground every year. You could just write that in in ink. That's going to happen as a minimum. That's the line. That's where he will be. Very few interceptions, probably 8, 10, whatever. That sort of number. That's what we're playing with. With Mahomes, you can take that to the bank. With Allen, it's going to be a little bit different, but with that, with that rushing floor now, two years in a row, he's been QB one in fantasy football. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm, I, you know, I'm taking Josh Allen over everyone. Well, it's, Josh it's, Allen it's, had five weeks under twenty points in in play, and Mahomes had seven. So you could argue that almost Mahomes, uh, almost Allen's floor's higher as well. Now that's well, safety net. Of the rushing, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the only the only thing that that was against Allen was interceptions. Um, but you threw a lot less this year. So, I, yeah, there's no reason to there's no reason to not take Allen at the top of the board. And I think if you take him, I still, I'm, I'm still a little bit uncertain about taking him in the third round. Because I think that's what you're going to have to pay. I think you're going to have to pay the third round in, in a redraft league. I think that is what's going to cost you to get Josh Allen. And I'm just, for me, I'm not, when you can, and it depends where players like Brady and Herbert and those next level players are going to shake out at. Because if you got Allen in the third round and you got 
Tom Brady in the eighth round. I'll just yeah. take Tom Brady. Thanks very much. Yeah, I'll, I'll take say that. six to nine. You're probably looking at that next bracket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it should be five to six now. Yeah. Last year, when we were advocating the strategy, we were saying you've got to get one of these guys in that fifth, sixth round range. I had passed on Mahomes, I'd have passed on Kyler, and I said, You take Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, um, Justin Herbert, uh, Lamar Jackson in that range. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson's not panned out because of injury, but the rest of them were, were fine. And it's and then if you miss those guys, you have to take one of Brady, Rogers, or Wilson. After that, you t- I mean, you would okay. So Joe Burrow was your exception this year as your safety net. If you if you skipped everyone and picked up Joe Burrow, you'd have been fine. But um, I think it's going to be the same this year. I mean, w- what we've seen now in, in fantasy football is quarterback is the most predictable position. You, you can nail it to the mast of you know roughly what's going to happen within reason. You might get the order of the top eight wrong but you know they're going to be in the top eight. You're not going to get this surprise player coming from the ashes and be a top eight quarterback. You know, Jalen Hurts, some people didn't want to take him, but he was going as a top eight fantasy quarterback in drafts and he finishes in the top eight. Like, there's no shock when he finished where he finished. And that's the difference in the strategy. So, yeah, I I would have Allen on the top of the pile. I'd be very – but I'm just not sure if I would pay that price. That's the only thing – if he falls into the fourth round, I'm probably buying. In the third round, I'm just not sure I can invest that capital. I have to wait and see how these ADP shake out then. Interesting. Absolutely. I think it's going to be an interesting year. It will. So back to the game. Was it a case of the Bills actually being that good? Or is there an element here of the Patriots just did not turn up? Um, I, th- I don't think the defence performed as well as it could have done. I think Belichick would have given them a... Um, a bit, but do you know what? When when you've got a player that's that's performing at that level, at that level of performance, I think sometimes you just got to dot your cap and say, I just don't think we could have done anything today. And you know, Joe said it best: the Patriots were on a free hit; they weren't supposed to be here. They're a year early in in where they were expecting to be. This was a free hit for them. Um, the expectation wasn't that they were going to win this game. I don't think anyone would have been shocked if they won the game. Now. I thought Mac Jones played well. I think he made some good throws. I think for a rookie, I think he definitely held his own. I think he he had a pretty decent performance. Mac Jones will take more out of it, though, than the performance. The experience of what a playoff game gives him ready for next year will be huge. On the road, in a visceral crowd. I mean, absolutely. I think that's what you've got to look at. I think they gained a lot from the experience. And I think, you know, the shellacking that they got, they they will remember this like they will rem- this will fuel the patriots a lot more but i think i think you just have to look at this and say we just looked at we watched one of the greatest qb performances of all time if not the greatest qb performance of all time and i think you've just got to say that i don't think anyone could have done anything i don't think any team i think when you or at that level yeah i don't think anyone stopped them so they put a marker down, didn't they, to the rest of the, well, the rest they, of the NFL they, That theory. was a statement game. That was a yeah. statement game, you know, and you have to credit everyone involved at the Bills organization um, because they did a terrific job and, and they they look like the team to be uh, based on that performance. But we know that they're human. We know that it, can they sustain that level? That's the, the real question. But, you know, I, I, when you look at that and you go, right, well, they've just lost 40, 47-17. 
that you know you, you can look at that scoreline and think, well, the Patriots are crap. I, I don't think they were that bad. I mean, I, I think and the, the difference was the effort was there. They tried to make things work. They were just beaten by a better team. And not a lot you can do on that. I don't think there is. I think when no. the team is that good, when there's literally yeah. what what flaws can you put on the Bills as a team on that performance? Nothing. Seemed Terry rushed. The defense stood up. Adam was impeccable. Yeah. Special oh. teams was great. Field yeah. position all day. I mean, yeah. when a team plays perfect football like that, there is just very little you can do. If Nothing. if the Bills hadn't been that great and put up forty seven points, then you would point to the team. So I, I, I've got nothing bad to say about the Patriots' performance. I think I, don't, I think they could have been exceptional and would have lost because the Bills are a better team. They're two-time division champs in a row. Yeah. They are where they are. I think next year that's a great battle to look at. Okay. So that brings us to Sunday's games. Um, Eagles at Bucks. Let's go. Well... I'll start. I'll start with the. Eagles. How do we got? <laughs> I'll keep it short. I'll start with the Eagles because I think that's the end of Jalen Hurts as a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he's done. Um, you cannot, as a starter of a football team, not beat teams who are good. You just can't. You, you know, he he got eight wins as a starter. One of them, one of the organization got from Minchu, and he beat mostly teams under 500 in that. And every team they placed, every team they played in the regular season that made the playoffs, they lost to in the regular season. And I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts needed to win this game to keep his job, but he had to be competitive. Now, you look at the scoreline, you've never seen this, you go, oh, well, okay, well, 31 15 doesn't seem that bad. It was 31 nothing going into the fourth quarter. And it was it was standard Jalen Hurts does nothing for three quarters. The pressure goes off. Well, I've lost the game anyway, so I can just do what I want. And he makes all the hero throws. And then all of a sudden, they turn up and score some points. The game's very simple when there's no pressure. And there's no pressure when you're 31 nothing down. You've lost the game. You know, you, you've gotten, you're away from home. You, you've lost the game. The game's done. You know, you're we're just sitting here waiting for the waiting for the zeros to hit. The game's very simple when that's the case. And Jalen Hurts has proven that he cannot handle the pressure of a game for 60 minutes. It's okay to make mistakes. Tom Brady makes mistakes. Every quarterback in the league makes mistakes. But he just does not turn up for three quarters. And you cannot just keep expecting these Superman heroics, fourth quarter comebacks, try and make things work against bad teams. That will happen. You will make that happen. And that never day, never say die mentality. James Winston had it. It's a it's a great trait to have. But you cannot rely on it. And Jalen Hurts just doesn't, he does not look convincing as an NFL quarterback. And it's a shame because he's got a lot of good attributes, but that arm strength isn't great. The accuracy is not good. The decision making is poor. It takes too long for him to process the field. And listen, that's a good Bucks defense. You know, I'm not knocking him for yeah. losing yesterday. I'm not locking him for losing. It's you know, the manner of It's the manner of the defeat. You cannot go. You cannot go 31 to nothing over three quarters, and not put up anything. You know, the only was time this, he looked good was on fourth down. The only time he looked was good surprised was how little they used it on a Smith. I he didn't get a target. I don't think for the first half. No, I. 
I knew that t- I knew that the tight end. I knew God God out would get the most of the work because that's where the Buccaneers give up but, plays because they allow okay. them. They allow them. They allow them to get those simple yardage across mm. the middle because it doesn't hurt them. It's protect defense. It's what Todd Bowl does. Von Smith is a playmaker for the Eagles, right? They've the first draft capital. Compare that to two other guys this week that played. You had Jamar Chase at the Bengals, uh, and Debo Samuel will come on to with the Niners. Those offenses get the ball to their playmakers to make plays and carry them, in Debo's case, throughout half the year. The Eagles seem to ignore Devonta Smith and not actually give him a role at all for half a game. But I, but I don't think that's coaching. I think I think that's Jalen Hurts. There was a couple of times where Smith was breaking open, he was making space, and he wasn't looked at. Now, that's Hurts not processing the field. That's Hurts not picking up the reads. At the end of the day, the one thing about this Buccaneers defense is the cornerback room is to be desired. It's hurts, banged up. Um, you can attack it deep. You know, you can get over the top. And Devonta Smith is a weapon that can go over the top. Quez Watkins did it at times. Um, and yeah, I, it's a miscalculation from Siriani. It's a miscalculation from the offensive coordinator. But it's a big. But you, there were throw, there was times yesterday where he could have thrown the ball to De, to Devonta Smith and didn't. And that's quarterback. And the Eagles are now going into this draft with three first-round picks. It's not a heavy QB draft. It's not. There's not a lot of talent here. There's two, three guys. And I think, I think the Eagles have to get one. I think the Eagles either have to get one or they have to trade these picks and get an experienced person. Now, you know, there's talk of Aaron Rodgers is on the market. There's talk that Russell Wilson wants a trade. Um, you know, you've got quite a few, um, quite a few quarterbacks that are available potentially. And I think you've got to go out and get one of those guys because Jalen Hurts isn't the answer. He's not the answer at, at quarterback. That, that's that much is, is evident. And we saw it in yesterday's performance because that Eagles team isn't that bad. It's not that mm-hmm. bad to get no. thrashed 31 nothing. Jalen Rager was on his own. I mean, Jalen Rager is, yeah, is Jalen Rager's done with the Eagles. Yeah. He'll be cut. Um, the only reason they didn't cut him last year is because the cap penalty. But I can't imagine he will be sticking around for another year. Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather have Peter Schrager out there than Jalen Rager uh, at times. I mean, he was he was awful. I think I think the Eagles just uh, at times were abject and just didn't have a clue. Don't think defense had a clue for half of it. And I think I think Tom Brady will look at that and think, I'm probably not going to have an easier game. Not just the players all season. But as a Bucks fan, what he did do is allow us to get three or four players, some reps, some fitness. Okay, we may lose one or two others, but it's got some guys playing some physical football before a bigger game comes. Absolutely, which you, you know you'd love those opportunities in the playoffs. But what did we learn about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday? Absolutely nothing, because there was nothing to learn. He, any of those other teams in the playoffs, with the exception of maybe the Steelers, would have walked that game yesterday. Would have walked it. I don't. I don't care um, who who like the Eagles. Just I don't want to say they didn't deserve to be there because on record they technically do, but they're just not. They're just not a good football team. Like I'm sorry, they're just not. You know, any any that was effectively a bye week. It was effectively a bye. You know, the Buccaneers would have had tougher scrimmages than the game that they played yesterday, and and that's a, a horrible thing to say. And I'm not trying to disrespect the Eagles fans here, 
because they know they've watched this. You know, they, they. I'd love to speak to an Eagles fan who wants to tell me that Jalen Hurts is the answer at quarterback because he's not. You know, in, in college we knew he wasn't the answer at quarterback. He was benched for a true freshman in the title game. Yeah, because they did not because he, they did not believe he was the guy. Like that tells well, me everything I need to know. We speak during the game, obviously on WhatsApp, a lot of Bucks fans. I think about midway through the third, I put in there that actually the Eagles may be better off at this stage putting Minshew in and taking Hurts out because it's obviously they had to throw the ball, and Minshew's a better exponent of throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, for me, here's what's crazy, right? And and this is going to go on the coaching stuff. And listen, there are new coaching stuff. I'm not going to kill them too much. They made some great calls before halftime. They're in midfield, going for it on fourth down. A couple of guys in our group were questioning why they're going for it. I'm like, well, they're down 17. They're trying to get a score. Um, they made the right call. Then they get the they get the they get the first down on fourth down. Then they throw the pick, which is a great play by Mike Edwards. By the way, I'm not even going to kill Hertz for that because Mike Edwards just makes a terrific play. Um, yeah, and. Um, then they come out of the second half and then they don't do it at the start of the second half. And you're thinking the game hasn't changed. In fact, if anything, you've lost time. So why are you going to come out and do it at the end of a half, but you're not going to do it at the start of the next half? Like, why are you punting that? You're just giving away possessions. And then, you know, then what happens is the Buccaneers punt. You think, oh, okay, they got the stop. And then they cough the ball up. And that was, you know, the moment Jalen Rager puts the ball down, that's, that was the ball game. And then, you know, one play later, Mike Evans is doing cartwheels into the into the end zone. Um, you know, I think I think the Eagles just need... They're not a bad team in the sense of there's some players there. Um, there's some real players there that, that you know, Darius Slade's a good corner. Um, you know, they've got an all-pro center. They've got a decent offensive line. They've got a decent defensive line. They've got a decent wide receiver core. They've got a decent running back core. Uh, got a great tight end, probably a top five, top seven tight end in the league. They got decent linebackers. Uh, Edwards, when he left the game, huge. Um, Singleton, great linebacker. You know, they've got a lot of good pieces. They just need a quarterback. Um, Buccaneers, we'll see what they do next week. We don't know who they play yet, but that'll be the measure of the team. Because at, at this point, with how, you know, someone asked me yesterday, how are the injuries going to affect? Well, we don't know because they haven't had to play. We'll find out next week where where they're at. So following that was the 49ers at the Cowboys. We talked about controversy. This one ended a little bit similar. But um, anyway, let's start with that. Let's answer Jack's question. What is it with Carl Shanahan and the inability to coach simply run the damn ball three times when 13 points up? Well, Murph, what is it with Carl Shanahan and his inability to coach? I don't think it's an inability to coach. I think it's showing off. Um, I'm with Jack. I um, Here's what annoys me, right? Whenever the 49ers do something brilliant on offense, right, it's a good play. I think I put this in the chat yesterday, right? I'm sick of the fact that every time that the 49ers put up a good play on tape, it's all Shanahan. Oh, it's an amazing play design from Shanahan. Oh my God, it's amazing. He's managed to stack the box here, or he's managed to put players in motion. Oh, the way that he's put this together is genius. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, yes, fine, whatever. He's a good, we get it. He's a good X's and O's guy. I understand that. But the players make the plays. You know, no one's talking about the Bills dismantling 
the the Patriots and going, oh, well, Sean McDermott, he just coached a heck of a game. They're talking about Josh Allen. They're talking about the performance uh, of the players. They're not talking about Sean McDermott and the way that he schemes uh, a 30-point victory against the Patriots. You know, we're not talking about Bruce Arians and um, Brian Lefwich um, putting up 31 points before the Eagles can do anything and shutting the game away. So why is it that whenever we have to talk about the 49ers, we have to talk about how great Kyle Shanahan is? HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PREP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The guy's got two winning seasons in, in six years, seven years. I'm not saying he's a bad coach, and I have nothing against Carl Shanahan, but let's give the players the credit. Um, and as to Jack's point, I don't understand why they can't just run out the clock and run simple plays, why everything has to be this overly complicated, intricate design, because here's what's crazy, right? They're playing they're playing the Cowboys. Now, we know the Cowboys are a good defense. Number one, one of the best defenses in the NFL, especially takeaways. We know that sometimes, yeah, we know sometimes it's a bit difficult to pass the ball deep on them, but they're going to give you passing lanes. Now, what they did really effectively for three quarters was Jimmy G was just game managing the situation. He was playing short slants. He was using the motion to get open lanes and then finding the guy in open space. I don't know why in the fourth quarter, Carl Shanahan just went, do you know what? We're not going to do that. We're either going to just overcomplicate things. Why you don't just run the football. You've got some of the best running backs in football. Um, or at least go to those short slants, those high percentage plays, some screens, some uh, handoffs, some end arounds, some simple play action. You know, why Why? Why does it have to be so complicated? Because it almost costs them the game. And that's the, that's the thing with Carl Shanahan. He's almost too smart for his own good. Sometimes you have to recognize that, hey, the game's in hand. We just need to manage. And this happened in the Super Bowl. You know, you got to remember that they were eight minutes away from winning that Super Bowl, and they got they got too cute. They had to, I don't want to say show off, but that's basically what they were doing. They had to show that they were the best coaches. They had to show that they had the best play design. And you know what? Sometimes just simply putting the ball down someone's throat is probably the easiest and the best way to go. So, yeah, I don't understand the Carl Shanahan loving, and I don't understand why he can't just keep it really simple. But there you go. Um. Obviously, it did end with the uh, Cowboys trying to drive to, well, to win it. And, well, Dak Prescott decided to, to run for 14 yards with no time left on the clock. Surprising play, if nothing else. Well, Cowboys fans are livid. Um, I think they're livid at the wrong people. I just, for me, 
you're going to pay Dak Prescott $35-$40 million a year, right? And you pay him that money for that situation. You you've seen why you shouldn't pay him that kind of money because he's not he's not that player. There's there's a lot of the officials and so on, but he should know. I think in that position, the time is against him. He should know to get ten, twelve, and get down quick rather than get as much as he can and run the clock. Um, it's just poor game management. It's poor. He didn't give the ball to the official. It's poor awareness of the situation. It's poor game management. It's poor. It's just poor general and. Here's, here's what annoys me with that situation, is you've got Dak Prescott, one of the most expensive players in the league. You pay him that money to be an actual winner. He's yet to deliver on that. Um, people will counter that and say, oh, yeah, best offense in the NFL, put up more points. Blah, blah, blah. Like, Listen, okay, you padded the stats against bad teams and you were pretty poor against good teams. Like That also helps. Um, and at the end of the day, when we get to these types of moments, people want to slate Jimmy Garoppolo all they like, but Jimmy Garoppolo would not have done that in that situation. Jimmy Garoppolo would have put the ball out of bounds or he would have got what he needed and gone down. Or, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, for all of his faults as a player, the one thing he is is a smart football player. He knows how to make those decisions. He's astute. He knows how, because he's coached under someone like Belichick and he is aware of the actual football situation. Now, I can't blame Dak Prescott because the coaches he has had in his career are Jason Garrett, who I'm not convinced, you know, is is a student of the game when it comes to game theory, and Mike McCarthy, who I've got to be honest with you, I don't know what Mike McCarthy does because he doesn't coach, he doesn't call plays. So what what does Mike McCarthy, he doesn't bring you this aura of winning mentality. Like, Like Bruce doesn't call plays. Bruce doesn't do lots of amazing on the field coaching what bruce does is he builds culture and he puts everyone together yeah. and he yeah. he manages it like he's a CEO. Hold onto a cat. Yeah. right he's a ceo basically yeah. mike mccarthy is not that he gives all that he delegates it out to dan quinn and to kellen moore yeah. and he just stands there on a sunday and holds the the board. yeah hmm. because when it goes well because anyone that has looked at that game on Sunday, it was poorly managed on the sideline. It was poorly managed. It was poorly called. The game management was shocking. The decision-making was shocking. And then the problem is with someone like Dak is he needs instruction. He needs someone to explain to him that, hey, guess what? You can't make that decision in that sort of time frame. You can't make that play. You need to do this or do that. And he's not getting that. So he's being shortchanged by the organization because no one is coaching him into that situation and saying, hey, guess what? You can't do this or this. No one is giving him that mentality. You know, when you look at Josh Allen, people are asking why Josh Allen's taken this huge leap over the last year or so. Well, that's because he's working with um, Carlton Palmer's brother, who is Jordan Palmer, who's. Um, He's a, a like a coaching guru for quarterbacks, and he's worked on his mindset and his mentality, and he's, he's done all this work to get him ready and focused in game theory situation and how to be a better quarterback up here. What is Dak Prescott doing in that area? Because he, for me, is not developed. Like, I'm not knocking him from a talent perspective. You know, he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's elite. I'm not putting him top five. I know he's paid top five, but he's not. But he's that next level. 
he's a good quarterback. He's not going to lose you games. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, he did yesterday. Um, so maybe I shouldn't say yeah. that. Um, I don't know what the organization is doing to give Dak the tools to take that step in his development in getting to be those elite guys because he's got all the talent. He just isn't putting it together. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, well, talking Cowboys offense, and Jack has asked the question again, but it was something I had on my mind. Um, Zeke, yesterday, 12 attempts, 31 yards. Jack's asked, well, where do you sit in dynasty? But even in redraft, his value now surely must plummet. Is he even, I don't know, where's, what happens with him? What do you do with him? In a dynasty league, I think he, you can't sell him because the value's gone. Um, do you know what? I almost think he's a weird buy low. Um, the the problem is, is he's what twenty? He's young, so you look at the age. I think he's twenty six, maybe going into year twenty seven. So he's still got age and time. So he's got over two thousand NFL touches, um, and he looks, yeah. So he's got every every inch of that on on his on his production now. I just think with the Cowboys. I just think system-wise, it's not a good fit anymore. I think that's that that is it has evolved. The offense has evolved. It's just become a blocker. Um, yeah, I I think he's he's a weird one. I think if you own him in in dynasty formats, you're you're in trouble because you, you're not going to get anything serviceable for him now. Um, what what are you going to get? A third round pick? No one's going to give you more than that. You might get a second. Is a second round pick going to give you what you're going to get for a second round pick? Like I, I, last year, right? Okay, yeah, is yeah potentials there, is, but is, 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 is Michael to... Carter is Michael Carter a better dynasty player than Zeke? And keep in mind, Zeke was a top five player this year, stats wise. I get it; he's he's a diminishing talent. Who not a diminishing talent, but he's a diminishing prospect in in terms of the fact that he's got trail on his tires. He's not producing in the system that his he should be. We don't know if he's injured or not. Um, and the only reason he's a top five player this year is pure durability. And to, to be perfectly honest with you, that's the only reason why I think he has any value is because he very rarely gets injured. He very rarely goes down and misses significant time. And that's the only reason he has any true value. But he's not this elite option anymore. I think if you're asking the question on a redraft, he is now probably where Joe Mixon was a year ago. But the question is, is he going to put what Joe Mixon put up? Because that's that's now, he, he is in that situation where people were pretty much cashed out on Joe Mixon. The Mixon and Jacobs type bracket. And both of them have actually took a step forward this year. So it's possible. And I think that's the difference is that he is where Joe Mixon was 12 months ago. People just didn't want him. People did not want to invest. People did not want to draft him. He had no dynasty return at all. I think if you can find a Cowboys fan in your league and you can get a first round pick on name value and, and team, then take it. If you can't, I'm weirdly holding him because I think there is some upside on durability, but I just don't. I think the well, okay. of, if Pollard goes down, his production comes back essentially. Well, and who knows what happens to Pollard this year? Um, I'm not as worried about. Listen, 
I I still think Zeke is a top 12 player next year. Because again, I just think durability, I think he's going to squeak it. I don't think he's going to be impressive. I don't think we're going to look at Zeke and go, wow, he's elite. He's put all these great numbers up. I think he's going to be just one of those last man standing kind of guys who just cashes in when they want. But do you know what? At the position, does it matter? If you've got a guy right now who you can take or you can hold and say, right, he's going to finish in the top 12 of his position next year, you'd probably hold. And you'd probably be quite happy to hold him. But I, don't, I, I think if he dropped off a cliff, it wouldn't drop me either. Jack also asked, what sort of wide receiver do you think you can get for him? Mike, I think you could get, I think you're looking at variable guys like Mike Williams, who could hit, could miss. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, well, I think you get better. I think I like to think you get better, Marvin Jones. But yeah, I think I think I, I tell you what, Hunter Renfro that would be that'd be interesting. I think Pugali. that's what you're looking at. You're looking. I think at, I'd take Renfro. Depending on the roster build. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think I think that's the sort of player you're going to get. I don't think you're going to get a star. I think you know a Hunter Renfro, a, a Mike Williams. Um, those are the sorts of players. The ones who haven't got those years of production, but the Do ones you reckon you might be able to, like an Ayuk, maybe had a bad year, but seemed to get better through the year and take that punt on him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because people cash out on that. him given yeah. what's going on with Debo. Yeah, I could see that. I think I think there. This that's the sort of ilk. Of, I think what you're going to have to do is take a player who has either had a good year but has only had one good year, or you're going to have to get a player who has had a down year. Uh, I've just seen, while we're on the Cowboys, I've just seen Mike McCarthy is expected to return next year. It's <laughs> okay. good news for the rest of the NFC East. That's great. Yeah, Mike no. McCarthy is going to get some more moolah to do absolutely nothing. It's absolutely making a living. We've took away my segue because I went from Cowboys to Ayuk and to feed us into the Niners and you destroyed it by going back to Mike McCarthy. So, Sorry. Perfect segue. Destroyed. Yeah, I mean, um, nine, nine, <laughs> quickly nine, on the Niners. Nine, they were probably the most fancied underdog coming into the weekend. 100%. Uh, and they yeah. delivered. They had a team, yeah. probably. I mean, the Bills and, and in a minute, I guess, the, the Chiefs looked like they found some form. But coming into the weekend, it was probably the Niners that were rolling with the form into the playoffs. i tell you this for free. The Packers will not be excited about playing them. I think the Packers would have taken the Rams or the Cardinals over the 49ers. Because as we know with the Packers, the one struggle that they have on defense is stopping the run. And the one thing that the, the 49ers can do is run the ball. The last two times, the, the last time these guys, I mean, the last time that these two met in the NFC, in the playoffs was the NFC title game. And, um, you know, the, the 49ers ran for 186 yards before contact. Um, I, I mean, the Packers defense has, has got better in the last two years and they have made significant strides in trying to stop the run. But, I think this is a really tasty battle. Um, and I think I wouldn't rule out the 49ers. I really wouldn't rule them out because I think they really match up with the weaknesses of the Packers. Now, having said that, on the other side of the ball, where the 49ers are really weak are with the deep ball. I think they're ranked 31st or 32nd against um, passing uh passing catches of, of 15 yards or passing plays of 15 yards or more. Um so they really are susceptible to the deep ball. They're susceptible for big plays. 
Absolutely. I think you you gotta you gotta take the guys who are gonna Alan Lazard, even even MVS. I'd be if I was a DFS player, I'd be sprinkling both of those guys in my lineups because it, it's interesting because both of these teams are we're on offense will play against the other's weakness on defense. So I think it's a it's, I think it's a cracking game. I really do. I think this is a, a properly special game. And anyone that wants to I, I don't look, they haven't opened the line yet. But if this line's more than three or three and a half, then I'd go the other team. We well, yeah, I, all day long. I, I, I think this is close. I think this is a lot closer than people are going to give it credit for because I think people are going to anoint the Packers. Wouldn't shock me if we're here next Monday and we're talking about a 49ers victory. Let me tell you that. We must support an NFC team in the playoffs and I don't want to go to Lambeau Field in the championship game. So I actually wanted the Niners to win because I think they've got the biggest chance of upsetting the back of anybody else in that division at the minute. So, yeah, I, other than the know, Bucks, but yeah, I, I would say that the Rams and the Cardinals are. I think that would have been a great matchup for the the Packers. I think they would have felt pretty good about playing either of those two teams. Uh, certainly, a lot better than the Buccaneers will will feel about playing someone like the Rams because Sean McVay's had the Rams uh, had the Bucks number. Um, but I do, I do think that the Forty ers and I, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have minded playing the 49ers because I think we match up against the 49ers pretty well. Um, I think we really do. I think, you know, where the threats are going to come from the 49ers, I think the Buccaneers do match up very well. Um, Packers Niners line is out, by the way, just so you know. Oh, it is? Five, five and a half. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. Uh, that's silly. I'd, I'd, I'd be on the Niners all day long. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I was a big man, I'd be on the Niners. I, I think that's silly. Five and a half. The over-under is uh, 48 as well, which seems quite low, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, given... I, I think that's low. Yeah. I can 48, yeah. 48, yeah. I'd smash the over and I'd smash the Niners if I was a betting yes, man yeah. because I just think that's... Yeah, that's a lot there. Fair. We're writing Jack's pod for him now as well. Look at this. You can take us later, Jack. Um, so that brings us on nicely to tonight, I guess. One still to go. Cardinals at Rams. Another division rival heading off. Uh, we got a vested interest in it, I guess, because the, the winner comes to Tampa. How do you see it playing out? I had no idea. Um, <laughs> the, okay. reason the reason I have that no idea... insightful. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I have no idea is both these teams limped in, right? Um, they did. If you'd asked me a month ago, yep. three weeks ago, I'd have said, Niners will kill it. Niners will smash it. They'll destroy the, the Cardinals. It won't be close. Uh, sorry, the Ram, yeah, the Rams will destroy the Cardinals. Won't be close. Um, it would be a, a pretty, pretty straightforward game. Probably eight, eight, twelve point victory. Storm off, write it, move on. But Stafford doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Uh, maybe. Maybe he's had some time to think about. I don't know if it's his back. I don't know if he's carrying an injury. I don't know if he's just cooked. He's played too much. I really don't know. Um, I've always had this concern with Stafford when he gets to this point of the season now because he's had multiple back surgeries because of the toll of playing quarterback for so long. I think he he's going. I think you know when if he's going to be asked to throw the ball thirty forty times, I think he's going to struggle. Um, I think they really need to work that run game. They need to get Michelle pumping. They need to see if they can get Acres involved. I think it's massive they've got Acres back. 
I don't know how fit he is, but if he can get any kind of workload, that'll be useful. The Cardinals have been terrible. Um, they've been terrible the last month of the season. Well, it. You just said they both lipped in. The Cardinals were one and four in their last five games, and the Rams are four and one. I guess it's more the Rams' manner of wins that makes you feel that way. That the schedule, who they played, um, and you know they lost in they lost in week seventeen, where they could have given themselves uh, a much easier path than they've got. Week eighteen. Week eighteen. We've got a week. We have a new week. Habit. <laughs> Habits are going to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, twenty twenty uh, sixteen <laughs> sixteen years of seventeen week season. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think they've been good over that four and one stretch. I think even Rams fans will say that. I still make the Rams favourite. I think it's closer than it should have been. Um, would it shock me if I woke up tomorrow and the Cardinals had won it? No, I think I think the plan for the the Cardinals is to take away the run. If they can take away the run and make Stafford throw this ball. 35, 40 times, I think they'll end up winning the game. I think with the Cardinals, they've got maybe JJ Watt back. I think that'll be big. Uh, just the character and the presence he will bring. I just, for me, if they get James Connor back, that will help. I just think it's all on Kyler tonight um, because he's been he's been poor with injury. Um, he's been really bad. I mean, we're talking about early on in the season, people are talking him being MVP. For me, he's not even in the top 12 conversation at this moment in time, the way he's played the last month of the season. So, And he might be because he's hurt. Um, but he needs to step up tonight. He needs to really, really... If, if he is Kyler of the last five weeks, Rams win this easily. If Kyler turns yeah. up, this could be a special game. Fair. We'll have to wait until we wake up to see them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on predictions now, we've kind of covered what happened. We've just touched on that one. Go back to the AFC. Bengals now travel to Titans. And as much as we both said the, the Raiders had a good chance of winning that game, I actually fancy the Bengals Titans as a far better game than Raiders Titans. Yeah. Far I, more enjoyable to watch, I feel. I um it's a, this is weird, right? So last week I predicted that the Raiders would would beat the Bengals. Um I'm gonna go with the Bengals to beat the Titans. Wow. I just, right I just, I can't, I just, I can't see a path where the Titans are going to have to be perfect on defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the only way they win this game. The only gonna, well. Yeah. Uh, I just can't see that. Fine. Unless it also depends a lot, I guess, on how healthy Derrick Henry comes back. Due to be. Bengals have lost often Joby, haven't they? I think today. Yeah. So it could be. I, 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 I think I'll, I think I'll take the Bengals in that one uh, as it stands right now. Um, I just think they're rolling. Uh, yep. Yeah, they've, the, the Titans have had some time to get some players healthy, but yeah, I'll take the Bengals in that one as it stands. It's a, for, it's a tighter game than the Lions than, than the Packers Niners. Three and a half points this game. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's, it should well, be a tight game. It should be a very yeah. tight line, um, but I'll take. I'll definitely take the Bengals in the points, but uh, yeah, I'll take the Bengals, I think. Fine. I, I actually have said all along, I think the Titans will make the championship game, so I'm going to have to stick with that myself. So, yeah. um, I think that bye week, there was a team that will probably benefit most out of all 14 in the playoffs from having that bye week. So, I massively agree with that. Yeah, hopefully I do agree with that. Um, Bills and Chiefs, what many predict could have been the championship game, I guess, if they'd finished one and two. Um, they have now faced each other at the divisional round. 
For me, the bills turned up like they turned up last week. It isn't a contest. No, it isn't. Um, But there's just something about that habit of winning in the playoffs, winning at home in the playoffs. Um, You know, you're looking at the Chiefs. You know, this is they win this. They're in their third consecutive, fourth consecutive AFC title game, fourth consecutive AFC title game. You're building that habit of winning consistently and i think that's a hard and you know they beat the bills last season in the afc title game they're not going to get phased at going behind like other teams will phase at going behind to the bills andy Reid won't panic patrick mahomes won't panic uh yeah I, i i have to take the chiefs um i just think i just think that they are going to be too strong just because I think they're going to have that nous to know how to get it done. As everything I've just said about Josh Allen, if listen, if he turns up and plays like he did last week, then absolutely I think the Bills win this game. I just think Andy Reid and coaching staff will come up with a way to get this done. I just think it might not be pretty, but I think they will get it done. We've got to stop having a difference of opinion because <laughs> I know the Bills and I'm not going to be an either quarterback being the key to this. There's a key player in this game for me. He's going to be Devin Singletary. If they okay. can utilise the run game enough to... I think the Bills have learned they need to have a run game in order to help their pass game. What the Chiefs probably need to do, they just haven't been able to do it. And I think if Singletary can run the ball enough, the, the old age is to keep the ball and away from my homes and keep them off the field. Um I think they can put up enough points on the Chiefs. I think the Bills' defence can actually make more stops against the Chiefs than vice versa for me. So, uh, yeah, I think the Bills will probably come out on top in this one. Okay. We're going to agree in a minute, Murph, I'm sure. Uh, Niners-Packers. We spoke about it already, how the Niners, uh, this matchup's tight. Niners, Packers won't fancy it. Niners are rolling with form. Can they cause an upset at Lambeau? They can definitely cause an upset. Can we stop the Aaron Rodgers losing championship game theories and talks we have and get him out of the divisional game before he even gets there? I listen, I genuinely believe that the 49ers can win this game. Yep. But I will take the Packers. I just <laughs> think I thought this was gonna be our one we'd agree on her. <laughs> no, I just I just I'll be honest with you, I just think that they will get it done. Um I don't think it's gonna be pretty. I don't think um, it's going to be a vintage performance, but I just think I just think Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to find a couple of deep plays. I think they're going to get a couple of cheap touchdowns to Lazard or MVS, and I think they're going to knock the stuffing out of the 49ers just as they're building momentum. They're going to get one of those quick strikes, and it's going to just literally be like a dagger through the heart. And I think that... Very similar to like a Scotty Miller type touchdown last season at Lambo, right? Where that just all of a sudden that oh that really was the play you look at and go, Yeah, that was that was where the game was probably won. And I see that sort of thing happening. And I I just think that I just think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to get it done. Would I be desperately shocked that the 49ers win? Absolutely not. I even think right now they're right up there as one of the better teams. But yeah, I, I think I think you've just gotta I think I just have to go with the, the Packers. I think they're just gonna they're just gonna nick it. 
for free. Yeah. Totally right. different. I think the run game, I think the versatility in the run game as well, the way they use it. Uh, and I don't I don't blame you for picking them. I really don't. I I, I think it, it's a lot. I'd also sooner the Bucks have a third home game and play the Niners than have to travel to Lambo and play Green Bay. Oh, listen, <laughs> if you're asking me to now my I've got a horse in the race. Yeah, I, I'm taking my uh, objectivity out of it. I mean, obviously, oh. I prefer the 49ers, but I'm the just expert, I'm just the host. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of us writes for Fantasy Pros, one don't. We'll see who works this out. <laughs> um, please tell me we're going to agree on the last one. Whether it be the cards or the Rams that come to Tampa, please tell me we're going to pick the same winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to go against the Buccaneers. I still think, I still think the Buccaneers... Um, I still think the Buccaneers will get it, will get it done. Um, I just think that home advantage is is absolutely key and is massive. Um, the Buccaneers are just a different animal at home. Brady's a different animal at home. Um, the fact they're not going to have to travel. And uh, uh, the other team will, West Coast or East Coast as well, whoever wins it on, really. On a short week. Um, yeah. I mean, they won't have to acclimatise to weather. That's one thing that will be in their favour. But, yeah, I think... Um, I think the Buccaneers, they're banged up, but I think you've just seen Tom Brady. I think you can see him just find a way to get it done. There's enough players out there who will get it done. And um, I think if it's the Cardinals, I think they'll get it done without any disrespect. I think they'll get it done easily. I think if it's the Rams, it's a much tougher game. I think it, I think with the Rams, it wouldn't shock me if it went to like an overtime or if it was side late in the fourth yeah. quarter. It would be a real... Roller coaster. The Rams passing uh, game could cause us more problems. Yeah, I think I think I think with the I think we match up really well against the Cardinals. I think everything that the Cardinals try to do well, we will we will do very well to stop. I think the Rams have a little bit more versatility about them, have a few different ways in which they can beat you, and they will cause the Buccaneers problems. Again, that's another one that if the Rams ended up winning if they're around to me tonight and then they win against the Buccaneers, that's not one I'm going to wake up and be, oh, God, I'm really shocked by that. I'll be disappointed, but I don't think I'd be stunned. I don't look at that and go, oh my God, how did that happen? Um, I think we would know how it happened. So, and as I said, the Rams and Sean McVay have had the Bucks number uh, a couple of times in the last few years. So, but as we know, with Tom Brady in the playoffs, it's a completely different, all these trends tend to just disappear. Um, he's a different. He's a different animal in the playoffs, and yeah, I think I think you've got to take the Bucks to the to the championship game at least. So, four great games, as you can tell by the way that we've split these out. Um, hmm. and yeah, we which, can't agree, which is great, but it's also, uh, I guess, a bad advert for Super Wildcard Weekend, where there just wasn't that competitive nature to the games in the whole. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of good games. We got, it feels know, like playoff football starts now. Yeah, I rather mean, than even with tonight's yeah. game. Well, I thought I thought the Bengals Raiders was a was a good game, um, yeah. and I and again I thought that the um, yeah for Bengals Niners Cowboys Niners Cowboys was a good game, but yeah, I mean the other three were not. Tonight's game I think will be decent. I do think it'll be a decent game, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, I think next next week is a really really good advert for the NFL, and I think they should maximize it because I think. You've got four terrific games next weekend. Who, regardless of who the Buccaneers play, it'll be a terrific game. Um, but those Saturday games, those Saturday games are terrific. I mean, they look they look properly good games. Like th- that AFC division now, those four teams. That's a proper. That's a proper high scoring all the way around, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think, you know, for years 
you looked at the NFC and you thought, well, that's where all the action is. That's where the best teams are. Most of the best players are there. You looked at the NFC and you, you would go every year and think, well, the NFC is a better conference than the AFC from a talent perspective, depth perspective, team perspective. That's completely changed now. The AFC have just got the teams. Um, those four teams, they're the best four teams in the conference. They're all going to play an absolute great weekend uh, of football coming up. Um, whoever makes it out of there to, to play in the Super Bowl is going to have to go through an absolute war to do so. so you got what? I, Bengals, Chiefs? I, I, I still go Bengals with the Chiefs. Months. Bengals I still go with the Chiefs. I just, I just, I just think, I just think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the last three years, have got it done. And I just, I, until I see something otherwise, you, one thing you'll know with me is I always go with trend. And until a trend is broken, I tend to always stick with that trend because there's no reason not to. You know they lost. They lost to the, the the Patriots three years ago in the title game with an offside call where it was just a player making a foot mistake, and then all of a sudden that gave the Patriots an extra down, which then caused them to win the game. They've won the AFC Championship the last two years. I mean, there's been no better team in the AFC the last three years, last four years than than the Chiefs. I go with them. Whereas, again, whereas I struggle with the Packers is Aaron Rodgers doesn't get it done. The same way he struggles with Drew Brees and the Saints. They don't get it done when it matters. The, the Chiefs so you've got do. Packers, Bucks. Who comes out of that side? I, I, I'd go with Tom. I'd go with yeah. Tom Brady. Um, you know, the situation could be very different a week from now if those teams make it. It will all depend on health. Packers look healthy. The Bucks don't. Um, that could be a, a real time to think about it but it based on what i know right now based on where yeah. where we are chief spots replay give me yeah give me the rerun because I, I take the teams that know how to do it and the players that know how to do it versus yeah. the ones that don't and that might be an overly harsh criticism around rogers but i've been through it time and time again until he does it until he shows that he can consistently win those championship games i find it very difficult to back him fair enough so on that note Come watch the Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. Five Yard and Warrior Bowl still got tickets on sale for their Super Bowl watch party, right? That's right. London, Sunday, March 13th. There's tweets out there and about. I'm sure we can probably get one of them retweeted again just to, to see if the tickets are on sale. It's going to be a, a drop good us a night. DM. Drop us a DM and we <laughs> yeah. will um, we'll share it with you. There's all signed memorabilia up for prizes. The whole night's for charity. Even the ticket cost is, is a charity donation as well in there. So, um, should be a good night. I'll be there. Uh, Murph's hoping to make it. I know, aren't you? So, fingers crossed it will be in well and COVID abates your house soon enough, sir. Oh, you yeah, might have a chance. <laughs> if, there's no, if the gas ain't back on, is it be warm in the bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Um, anything else you want to get through, Murph, to finish off Super Bowl? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think... Um, uh, I enjoyed the slime weekend. I enjoyed Dak Prescott being the MVP. <laughs> um, yeah, I, look, I, I think it is what it is. I think it, how many how many true shocks? I mean, it, if someone told me I predicted the result of all these games, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I think I got. It depends on tonight, but I'm four out of five right now. I'm not it's overly a, shocked. Yeah. yeah, and and the one which is missed, surprising because we're going to be totally different next week. <laughs> 
Well, exactly that. And I think that's special. Um, yeah. I think we've got proper games next week. Uh, but yeah, I th- this is the thing with the season now, is we're at this point now where, as I said, there's eight games left after tonight, there's seven. Yep. Um, uh, this time next off. week, there's three. Like, it, it, season's about to end. Um, and it's sad, a sad it? thing, sad. yeah. It is, it's sad because then we've got we're stuck. Well, it's on. not risk it, would it? Imagine being a Jets fan and you went out ages ago. <sighs> Sorry, Jets fans. Oh, but. that's harsh. <laughs> at, right. at least you could have gone with something like a Jags fan. Just deleting my Twitter handle off here so no one can contact me deliberately. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Murph, uh, thanks for your time. Um, again, as always, follow us at Five Yard Rush, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get in touch. Tell us where we're right, where Murph's right, where I'm probably wrong. I guess next week we'll see. But um, for now, Murph, thank you very much. I will see you next week after the divisional round, and we can uh, well see which way our predictions went. I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, wouldn't shock me if you're if you're four and zero next week. Wouldn't shock me if I'm four and zero next week. Wouldn't shock me if no. we chopped it each and we'd be two and two. Um, It'd be fun uh, finding out though. It will be, and I think we've got a special set of games, and I, I urge everybody to... There's loads of deals on Game Pass right now. Um, if you have never used Game Pass, and I know some people aren't huge fans of it, I think you can sign up for Game Pass now, and it's like 20, 30 quid for the rest of the playoffs. Um, just do it, just because you can download the games, um, watch them at your leisure. Um, it's worth it for the adverts alone. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but... Uh, I don't know, there's, a, there's an Arby's double cheeseburger out there. I've got my mouth all ran over. <laughs> yeah, it was worse because you're torturing yourself. You're not going to be able to get one. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I bought that and so many F-150 trucks. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. I will leave you to your evening. Cheers, mate. And, uh, as always, enjoyed this. And uh, don't forget, everyone, as always, keep rushing. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.